Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Understanding and getting into a place of God's love it's the only thing power enough, powerful enough. It's the only force in all of creation that's powerful enough to override your fear. Like I think about Christ and whenever he went to the cross, I'm sure that was scary to die, but his love for us overrode his fear of death. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Amanda, welcome to She. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you. This is a conversation or a topic of conversation that we talk about a lot. I get asked about sometimes online and I was like, Amanda's literally the perfect person to talk about all things confidence and everything around that. So I'm really excited to dig into this. But before we even get into the nitty gritty, can you share a little bit of your story and what led you to start the Confident Woman Co.? Yes. So I actually stumbled into Confident Woman Co. It was not on my radar. It was not my plan. It just kind of happened. So um, I ran a, a coaching program um, a few years back, and it was really just helping women build their confidence and, and just ensuring that that confidence is in Christ and allowing that to transfer into all these different areas of their lives. And so I, you know, I called it the, the Confident Women Mentorship Program. And, um, you know, but I, in that same year, at the end of the year, the Lord told me to host an online conference. And so I called it the Confident Women Online Conference. Um, and so I was just like, you know what? I should have something that houses everything because, you know, it seems like God's on a trend that he's just going to keep telling me to do stuff like this. So let me just keep it under an umbrella, you know? And so I was like, okay, confident woman co. And And then I thought to myself, well, you know, I don't want it to just be events. Um, so I only, you know, we're only interacting with people when an event is coming up, I, I want to consistently serve this audience because it's growing. And so I, we started posting inspirational quotes and created a Facebook community. And then I, it started growing so rapidly. I was so shocked. And I, I just remember being in my closet and saying, you know what, Lord, I don't know what this is. I don't know what you've planned for it, but I surrender it to you. And I I submit it to you, whatever it is. Um, And so as time progressed, he gave me so much vision for what it was supposed to be. um, And he made it clear to me that he planned for me to to do it long ago. And it was always his plan for me. And that was one of the cool opportunities in which I learned that you really don't need to know the whole plan. You just need to stay close to the one who does know the whole plan. And when you're close to him, he'll work the plan out for you. He'll pave the way. Um, And so about a year later, he made it clear to me that this is going to be, have more of a ministry bent and, um, and give me more vision for it. But I stumbled into it, but it's, it's been a fun journey. Yeah. It sounds like it. That's awesome. I mean, 
I can relate to that a lot. And I think sometimes, you know, we get so, I, I love what you shared there just because so often we get so uh, focused on, I can't do it until I have a perfect plan in place. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I, I think it's kind of now in my life, I've learned how ironic that is because even when we think mm-hmm. we have like every little, you know, detail covered, it's like, oh, I didn't see that curveball. So I, I agree. Right. I think there's such a gift and such a power in just kind of being intentional and taking mm-hmm. the next right step. I don't think that we don't be proactive at all. I don't think it means that you just release and sit there and hope it all falls in place, but you do your part in stewarding and you kind of release the outcome a little bit and allow God to yes. grow that. So I, I love that you shared that. I think that's so good for us to remember. Another question I wanted to ask you, just kind of going off this idea of confidence and all that you've built, how is godly confidence different than internal confidence? I'd be curious if you think there's a difference. Can they overlap like our self-confidence versus godly confidence? Let's, let's dig into that a little bit. I'm so glad you asked that. Um, I'm really passionate about this uh, because I believe that there's only two forms of confidence, true confidence and false confidence. True confidence can only come from something outside of yourself. Uh, you can't find confidence in and of yourself. You can't find confidence in the flesh uh, because at the end of the day, you know, if your beauty is taken away, if your bank account crumbles, if all of your relationships fail, is your confidence going to go with you? Well, if that's the case, then it wasn't founded on something that was solid. So we need to found our confidence on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Um, It has to be founded on his finished work because he's already given us everything through his sacrifice um, but we have to just stand in it and receive it and whenever you do that then it transfers into every single area of your life so yes it does i do believe that it overlaps but i believe that when you have true confidence it's going to lead to self-confidence because you understand that you know even where i'm weak he's strong in me you know like like he will work all things together for my good and for his glory and so i trust in that i have confidence in that and so i i believe that that can that can combat things like imposter syndrome if you don't believe you belong in a room you can really stand what jesus has done and, and say to yourself you know what I trust that the Lord is my good shepherd. So if he has led me here, then it is, it's his best plan for my life. It's his will for my life. Um, and I'm going to trust in that and I'm going to be confident in that. It will transfer into every single area of your life if you let it. So that's my, that's my take on confidence. I, I find that really interesting. I mean, almost the way I would even translate that in my own brain is like having this foundational confidence that is unshakable, right? That doesn't yes. come from like this. You can't like muster it up in yourself. And then mm-hmm. that leads to the self-confidence. I, th- I think that's such a good visual to look at it like that because I think we sometimes think we have to like dig down deep and find it somewhere and like create right. it. And that's not, we actually need to almost receive it a little bit. I guess receive it. Say. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'd be curious what you think about this. What are some things that you think prevent us from having confidence, in, especially in God, and how can we build that throughout our daily lives? I think the number one thing that holds us back from true confidence is lies. What we believe, what we align ourselves with, what we know to be true. Um, You know, the enemy will try to derail you uh, through suggestion, through lies. Um, And whether or not it's true, if you align yourself with it, his path leads to destruction. Um, And so he, his plan for your life is to destroy your confidence. He wants to destroy everything, take, take, steal everything from you. Um, 
However, if you are in a position and you're in alignment with what God says about you, if you're in alignment with what is true um, and you're not led astray by a lie, uh, then you're able to combat that. And we have the tools to combat it. You know, like scripture, the Bible is sharper than a double edged sword. And it is a weapon for us. It's warfare for us to know scripture, recite it, rehearse it, and take those thoughts captive. You know, the Bible says, you know, we take every uh, vain imagination, we hold it captive, and we submit it to the word of God, the truth of God. And we do that when we take captive of these lies and we say, no, this is what is true. This is what God says. Um, and so, yeah, lies can, lies can completely remove you of confidence I think some of the biggest lies are you know I I'm not worthy I'm not enough you know like I'm not deserving and you know the enemy is really a master of mixing he likes to mix a little bit of truth with a whole lot of lies and so it's partially true you know like you weren't worthy you weren't deserving you weren't enough however in Christ you are a rightful heir to the inheritance of God. Therefore, you are deserving because you are a child of God and you are enough because Christ is enough in you. You are in Christ. There's no separation. Um, and so when you're able to actually know the truth, you won't be, be deceived by a lie, which will help you to stand in confidence. So I would say the number one thing is those lies. We got to uproot those lies. That's good. I mean, I guess my question then becomes like, okay, so how do you identify? I'd be curious what your thoughts are. And for someone who's like, maybe I'm believing some lies, like what are some, what are some ways to identify the difference between, you know, like you said, he likes to sprinkle in aspects of truth, right? So it can be really difficult to kind of discern. What do you, how do you discern the difference between like, is what I'm believing right now true? And is it ultimately, I mean, I think I, I would say, you know, it comes down to like, does it line up with the word of God? But I'd be curious what you would say. Yeah, I like that you use the word discern, because when we think about discernment, sometimes people think about, oh, discernment is just a funny feeling, you know, like, oh, I'm just really suspicious. Like, no, that's not discernment. Discernment is the ability to know genuine from fake, true from false, right from almost right. Yeah. And so when you think about bankers, my husband used to work at the bank. Um, when you think about bankers, they study a dollar bill. And because they've studied that dollar bill or studied that hundred dollar bill, they're so familiar with the true bill that it's so easy for them to spot the counterfeit. And so our approach should not be, oh my goodness, let me dive deep into all of these lies and discern which one you don't have the ability to discern without knowing what is true, without the plumb line, without the you know objective standard. And so when you familiarize yourself with the word of God and you meditate on the word of God and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you're able to detect those lies because you say, you know, that does not line up with the character of God. That doesn't sound like the voice of God. That doesn't look like scripture looks, you know? And so that is how you're able to discern, hey, am I am I walking out lies? Um, the more familiar you get with the truth of the gospel and the truth of scripture, the quicker and more easily available you're going to be able to stop those lies and then come back them. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. That's so true. And I think that sounds like so obvious, but then in practice, it can be so hard to like remember and to actually familiarize yourself with, especially mm -hmm. if you're in a, like whether it's a hard season or in a, in a desert season. And so it's almost like, I don't know if you've ever heard this. I've shared this once before in the podcast, but have you ever heard the, the 
what is it? Discipline can turn into desire and then desire can turn into delight. Have you ever heard about that when it comes to reading scripture? I haven't, but that's powerful. It's just something so important to remember. Like if you're listening, because I think this is something I've struggled with personally a lot. Like I don't have the, I'm I'm not, I'm not the shining example by any means of living this out, but I had um, a mentor of mine not too long ago. I was explaining to her, like, I've just been so unmotivated to read this. Like, I feel like I've read it so many times and I don't feel like it's changed mm-hmm. anything. And so I just got into mm-hmm. this really like this rut, right? And mm-hmm. she said to me, she goes, kind of like when you're trying to improve your health or you're trying to, you know, eat healthier or whatever. She said, at first, it's really a discipline to like stick to your mm-hmm. regimen and to be consistent. But then over time, it starts to turn into a desire. Like you start finding meals mm-hmm. that you actually really like and you start finding aspects of it that are really enjoyable for you. You find workouts you like and you start realizing, oh, I'm feeling good. Like I'm feeling better. This is actually benefiting my 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 body, my mind, et cetera. And then eventually it goes from delight to or a desire. It turns from a desire to actually something you really delight in. Like you look forward mm-hmm. to cooking that healthy meal or going for that jog or whatever it is that, you know, three months earlier before you really made the discipline. It sounded so mm-hmm. terrible and so hard. So it was interesting how she was able to relate that to this discipline of how this can be so critical for our confidence, Mm -hmm. for, you know, our everyday life. And so anyways, I just, I think that can be so helpful to think through that lens, because if you're in a season where you're like, I don't even feel like it, sometimes it's helpful to, I don't know, ask yourself, like, can I make this a discipline, even in a very Mm -hmm. small way, like the idea is consistency, right? So yeah, 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 I love that. Um, Okay, this is a little bit of a deviation, but I think it, it still connects. I'd be curious what you think about this, because I have shared about this a little bit and I wonder what your thoughts are because there's a big movement in our culture right now that really is focused on manifesting what you want mm-hmm. by really believing that it will happen. I'd be curious mm-hmm. what your thoughts are on that. And do you think there's a difference between that approach and like a godly confidence that really surrenders to God's will at the end of the day? I definitely think that there's a difference. Um, I don't believe that this manifestation movement is of God um, simply because the context in which it's used is often in the context of making your will be done inside of you, you know, make it done on earth as it is inside of you, right? And so, um, and, and it's not inviting God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I think that as believers and as women who stand in confidence, we have to stand in alignment. And I love that there's a scripture uh, I believe the scripture is in First uh, John, and it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. And I know that scripture says when we pray in accordance to his will, like that's the key, that's the key part, you know, because this manifestation movement is all about your will, your desires. Um, It's not about aligning with God. And so when you're in alignment with his desires, your prayer can be, may I only pray what you already want. May I only pray what your will is. Uh, May I pray in accordance with your will so your will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we switch from a mentality of like, let me manifest this to, hey, let me align with God, you're in a place of surrender. And that's where God can flow freely through you because you're not in the way. You know, like people people wonder, well, how do I allow the Holy Spirit to, to flow freely through me? Well, you allow the Holy Spirit to flow freely if you get out of the way. So you surrender your flesh. You surrender your pride. You surrender your will. And if you're in that state of surrender, then the good shepherd is going to lead you to 
still pastures and oh, uh, green pastures and still waters. He's going to restore your soul. He's going to anoint you and position you at a table in the presence of your enemies. And when you trust that, like there, there's there's nothing that can throw you off. If, if if there's a wrench in your plan, if if things don't go the way you expect it to go, you trust that he's leading you and he's guiding you. And this is his best plan for your life. And it's going to end in your good and his glory. And so when you switch from that position of manifesting to alignment, I think that's the position that we should be in as Christian women. I think it's really a heart posture. Like it's, it's the mm-hmm. posture that you're uh, coming from, because I, I've heard a lot of people try to argue like, well, manifesting is the same thing as praying. Like, And I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's true. You know, like, I think that's, I can understand why people may draw the correlation because in, in, in there's often like the view that when you go to when you go to the Lord in prayer, it's this um, you're you're often making requests, right? You're like you're having, but I think like you said, it's the difference between are you praying for your own will or are you praying in accordance with His will? And I think mm-hmm. that is the the telling feature. Now, obviously, if you're not of if you're not a believer, if you're not a follower then mm-hmm. obviously that's a very different conversation. But within the mm-hmm. context of being a believer, I think that can actually be quite mm-hmm. damaging. Um, but on that same note, I know that, you know, scripture does talk about being bold and persistent in prayer. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it also really talks about surrendering our own will in the process. So as we talk mm-hmm. about godly confidence, how can we have the confidence in prayer, you know, and to be able to be bold in our requests while also keeping our hands open. Like it almost, I guess, I don't know if you're, if you're a follow this way, but sometimes it's like that almost feels kind of contradictory, right? It's like, I need to be mm-hmm. confident, but I also need to like, re- like it's so difficult sometimes to wrap your head around. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, like how you keep your hands open, especially if things don't go how we hope they would. Yeah. Um, a few things. One of the things I was recently studying this scripture um, and it really stood out to me. It's in First Corinthians three, and Paul was addressing people in the church who were like, "Hey, I follow Apollos, and I follow this other dude," and they're bragging about these different leaders that they follow. And he he just you know set the record straight. He's like, "Who's Apollos? Who's this other dude? You know, they're not Jesus, right?" And then the last thing he said was, "No more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours. All things are yours." And I, you know, I studied that some more and it really blew my mind. Like through Christ, we truly have everything. We have everything we need. We are already chosen. We're already accepted. We're already empowered. We're already commissioned. We're given a plan and a purpose. Um, he has already planted out before the foundations of the earth. And when we truly believe that all things are ours, everything belongs to us, we already have it all. Then when things don't go our way, we can assume a posture of trust like okay if if the truth is all things are mine and everything belongs to me then if i don't get something that i want then i have to trust that this is god's best for me or his timing is better um or i'm going to trust that i'm going to see abundance flow in my life if i surrender in this area um and so I, I think about that. I consider that. And the other thing that I consider is this idea of God being our shepherd. You know, like it, it, it talks about um, in Psalm 23, gave by walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for you are with me. And so the ability to walk through the hardest times in our lives and withstand fear 
comes from being close to the good shepherd. And so he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. He has it all planned out. It's all for his glory. And it, it didn't say, oh, he, you know, the good shepherd led me around the the, um, the valley of the shadow of death. No, yea, though, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I'm in it, he's with me. And so whenever things don't go as planned, you can trust, well, you know, I haven't seen the end yet, you know, like it's going to end with my good and his glory. And if God hasn't got the glory yet, it's not the end of my story. I'm just in the middle of the path. I'm just in the middle of the way. And I'm trusting that the good shepherd will work all things together for my good and for his glory. And so I think having this mentality of, hey, I already have it all. There's nothing lacking, nothing broken, nothing missing. I'm going to trust and I'm going to stand. I'm going to believe in that. And I'm also going to stand and believe and trust that the good shepherd loves me so much that he wouldn't lead me astray. So if I'm surrendered to him and he's led me down this path, then I'm going to trust that it's the best path for me and I can't wait to see the end. So I believe that that's the type of attitude we should approach when uh, things don't go away. We don't get what we prayed for. We just trust in him. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. I'm like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for- one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. 
from before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Another question that I have kind of following that up is, I think one of the biggest things that holds us back from confidence is fear. And I, I especially think that's true when you've had um, when you've experienced something in your past that would mm-hmm. fear of the future, right? Like when you have, mm-hmm. I think we have sometimes fear that is almost made up. Like we make up the worst mm-hmm. scenario, we hypothesize what could go wrong. But I think when we actually have experienced things go wrong, or we have experienced the worst case scenario come true in our life, there's this whole other, whole new level of fear because you've actually lived it, right? You've actually walked mm-hmm. it. Like the thing yeah. is, you were making up in your brain has happened, and so I don't yeah. know. I, just, I think I'd be curious. How can we recognize when we're living in a spirit of fear? Mm-hmm. especially when it feels so like logical you're like no i'm just trying to prepare mm-hmm. because i've experienced xyz in the past right so how can we mm-hmm. recognize when we're living in a spirit of fear and what does it look like to live in a spirit of confidence like how do we shift that what, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that especially when we have experience that kind of informs our fears how can we take steps to address that yeah i really like uh, that you share that you know when you've walked through something before your fear is almost validated because you've been through it um i can really relate to that because i had a really tough year in 2020 and i started making a lot of decisions based on fear um, and not based on faith and it was simply because i had been through you know the more you see the more you've experienced like the more you try to like prepare and support yeah exactly 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 i mean some people would call it wisdom you know life gives you experience it gives you wisdom that's what i call it anyway (laughs) (laughs) you know there's wisdom there's fear you know um and and i recognize that i was operating out of the spirit of fear i was i was experiencing so many anxiety attacks and um, I just, I, I, I couldn't get to this state of peace. And I was just wondering like, Lord, why is it that, you know, you promise us peace and, you know, rehearsing these scriptures and, and it's still not quieting or calming my soul. Like, why am I not, um, why am I so afraid? And um, he reminded me of a scripture that says perfect love casts out all fear. Um, his perfect love has the ability to cast out every ounce of fear that is within us. Um, There's another scripture that says that the Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And so it's so interesting because it says the Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So it's labeled right there as a spirit. And again, it says, you know, perfect love casts out all fear. I mean, you cast out spirits, right? And so you have to recognize, okay, this is a spiritual battle that can only be fought by spiritual means. Um, And so understanding and getting into a place of God's love is the only thing power enough, powerful enough. It's the only force in all of creation that's powerful enough to override your fear. Like I think about Christ and whenever he went to the cross, I'm sure that was scary to die, but his love for us overrode his fear of death, you know? And so us getting into this place of, Okay, I can experience fear, but I'm going to rest and stand in God's love. Um, that's the place that we need to be in when, when fear overwhelms us. And so that sounds like, oh my gosh, that sounds so picture perfect, but how do I practically do that? Well, spending time with the Lord really transforms you from the inside out. Like getting into God's presence um, is going to heal those places. Um, that you've left open. And many times we walk in fear because we have experienced pain and that pain created open wounds 
which created an open door for the spirit of fear and the spirit of intimidation to go into. And so if we allow God into those wounds, if we allow him to shine his truth and shine his light into those painful areas of our past, then we'll be able to close that door and the spirit of fear will have no place to go. It can, it can only leave. And so uh, I believe that um, really receiving his love um, looks also like spending time in his presence, but also reading his word. So many times we forget, we're just such forgetful beings, you know, like we forget all that he's done for us and all that he says about us and um, who he calls us and his plan for us. And when we remind ourselves of that, then it, actually renews our right spirit within us, um, which allows us to fully receive the love. Um, because God has already given us an abundance, an infinite abundance of love, but we only have a small capacity to receive it based on what's getting in the way. Um, and so if these lies and these fears are getting in the way, then we're not receiving it fully. And so just allowing him to shine his truth through the word of God is another way for us to fully receive his word and stand in it. And so that's what I did. I had to just renew my mind and, and it wasn't an overnight process. I'm not going to sell a pipe dream that like, boom, in a moment I'm feeling better. And my panic attacks are gone. Like, no, it didn't happen like that. It was a process. You know, it took time, like lots of counseling, lots of reminding myself of what's true. Lots of even depending on my friends to tell me what's true. when I think that I'm just a horrible person and life is spiraling and they just, I mean, no, you're not, you know, like, and, and, and life is okay. And so I, it took time to actually get into that place where I renewed my mind. Um, but it was only through his love and his truth that empowered me to do it. And so, uh, yeah, perfect love casts out our fear. So just stand in God's love. Yeah, that's good. I also love what you shared. Like, this is a process because I think that sometimes, especially like in the church and stuff, I think there's this like almost unrealistic expectation that's set. That's like, oh, like if you just do X, Y, Z, like it's going to, you know, this, this, if you don't have this like cloud parting moment and this dove comes mm-hmm. down and everything's great. You're almost like, am I doing it wrong? Like, am I not? Right. Is my faith not as strong as other people's? Like, I'm so mm-hmm. And then we turn it into this game of like what we're doing right and wrong versus just leaning in. And I think that's right. also just as damaging. And so I, yes. mean, I can agree with that. It is such a process. Like, I feel I was recently sharing with someone that I was uh, at coffee with and, you know, she was asking me something about this. And I remember saying, like, I feel like I'm a toddler again when it comes to faith. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. actually, and at first I thought that was negative. I was like, I feel like I've regressed, you know? And, um, mm. and she goes, well, that's kind of the point. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of where God wants you. And that's actually where mm-hmm. we receive the most. Whereas when we're like, mm-hmm. I have the answers, I know the answers, I know this, that, you know, it's like, or if we're expecting things to happen in a certain order quickly and all of that hurriedness that I think can come with mm-hmm. I think we can translate mm-hmm. that into this process. And what, like, what mm-hmm. you said is such a, it's truly like a refining process. It truly doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So if you don't feel like you're getting very far because, and you've been trying for a little while, like, hold steadfast you know because it does take, yeah it does take a little while um and do you mind if I add to that a little yeah, bit absolutely Go ahead. yeah and I, I think it's just the difference between striving to achieve and standing and receiving because it, like if you think that you have to strive to achieve your healing or strive to achieve love then you're always going to be disappointed because you don't even recognize that the love is already given to you you're trying to work for something that you already have right um I, I even remember getting into um when I first started counseling with um my counselor I came to this realization we came to this realization that 
you know, I'm a performer and I, I like performing it. And it's just something that is a natural bent of mine. Right. Um, and I have to counteract it. And I realized that I was treating my healing process like a performance. Like I, I wanted to be the best at healing. I wanted to do a perfect I job at healing. Like, <laughs> you are never going to see a better healer than me. Yeah, like I'm going to heal yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was unrealistic because it's some, it's not something that you strive to achieve. It's just something that you stand and receive. And so when you get into this posture of just receiving healing, receiving love, it takes all the expectations off. It's not based on your timeline. It's based on him and you just surrender to that. And so I had to make that posture shift and that's what made the world of difference for me. Yeah, that's so true and so good. And it's like, Oh, so convicting too, because as an achiever and as like, uh, like a, not even a like an entertainer or a performer or a communicator, mm-hmm. like if your gifting isn't that whatsoever, or if you're just a competitive person, <laughs> I mm-hmm. think it can be so easy. Like you begin to translate it into this. So I connect with that a lot, and I think a lot of people right. actually relate to that, even though it's usually subconscious. Like I'm sure you didn't have the mm-hmm. the conscious thought of like I'm going to be the best healer. But your right. actions and your lean, like the tendencies you leaned into and the different ways you were going about it was almost this like underlying need to be good at it when right. instead of just doing it, you know, so right. I, I can connect with that a lot. But on mm-hmm. the topic of that, too, even just what you were sharing with going, you know, going to counseling and like normalizing that and the process and like the process of things and the way mm-hmm. things change, like if you're walking through a season of fear or a season of anxiety mm-hmm. or you're going through something hard that's causing a lot of these fears. So often, like we had talked about, sometimes we want to see an overnight change. But I think the irony mm-hmm. is that another barrier to confidence is big change in our life. Like mm-hmm. it can really cause us to feel uncertain and lose self-confidence if it's not the change mm-hmm. we were looking for or the change we wanted or if it was, you know, something that feels difficult and stretches us. And I know that mm-hmm. in your book, Change, I love that name, you talk mm-hmm. about the life cycle of change. And I'd love if we can dig mm-hmm. into that specifically, too. Can you talk a little bit more about what the four stages of change are and what action steps we can take to confidently move through them? Yeah, so um, change is inevitable. Like God never changes, but he changes everything. And so we have to be ready and expectant of change. And so um, the the concept of this book is built on the life cycle of change, which aligns itself with the life cycle of a butterfly. You know, the butterfly goes through, you know, four stages until it reaches its metamorphosis. And um, and so it's aligned with that. And, and the first stage in the cycle of change is belong. And so belong is all about knowing who you are and whose you are. Um, and this is a place where you understand your identity in Christ, um, your uh, place as a child of God, your inheritance, all of that. Um, and you grow and you mature from this place of belonging, um, from this, this, um, this beginning stage of your faith. By cultivating a prayer life, reading the Bible, and creating a lifestyle of worship. And um, it's probably not the best language to say the beginning of your faith, because honestly, we always do this, and that never changes. And if you move away from that place of belonging, then you're no longer in alignment. Like, this is who you are. Um, And so the second stage is shed. And so shed is all about letting go of the lies, letting go of the shame, letting go of all of the pain that holds you back. It's a lot. It has a lot to do with inner healing. Like I said, you know, like uh, different spirits only have the ability to affect us um, through open doors. And many times these open doors are wounds. Um, we're trapped in unforgiveness. We're trapped in shame. We're trapped in limiting beliefs and all these different things. Um, and, you know, 
whenever you're in the life cycle of change and you're in the stage of shed, this is when you're you're shedding your caterpillar skin. It doesn't uh, and it no longer serves you. Um, but if you remain trapped in this skin, it won't disqualify you from salvation, but it will hinder you from fulfilling God's best for you. It's going to hinder you from fulfilling your calling. And so it's all about emotional healing and letting go. Um, develop is growing in your spiritual gifts and capabilities. So um, knowing how God designed you, being confident in who you are, trying to be anyone else, and just growing your capabilities and growing your capacity. Um, and, and last but not least, change is all about impacting others, impacting the world and affecting others. Um, we're, we're not supposed to hoard our transformation and keep it up to ourselves. We have to actually duplicate ourselves. Uh, we have to make disciples. And so if I am a woman who, you know, encountered Christ and my life changed and now I'm standing in confidence and it's so selfish of me to not birth that in someone else. And so it's our job, it's our responsibility to create change in the lives of others. And so if you're encountering change and change feels scary, then it's good for you to think to yourself, okay, is this an opportunity for me to really lean into my belonging in Christ? Or is this an opportunity in which I really need to shed some things? I need to let go of some of these lies. I need to let go of this pain. I need to let go of the shame. Or you know what? Is this an opportunity to develop? Is this season a time where I just need to get better and get stronger and, you know, grow my gifts? Or you know what? Maybe this season has created a lot of change because now it's my time to step up to the plate and be the leader that other people are praying for, you know? And so I believe that when change comes, we have to define our season. And that's something that I had to do a couple months back. I was feeling really overwhelmed and I was telling my counselor about it. And she was like, have you asked God to define your season? I was like, no, that's a great idea. Um, and then, you know, he defined my season. He said, it's a season of expansion and it helped to manage my expectations. And I understood, Hey, this is an opportunity for me to develop. And it's also an opportunity for me to create change in others. And so, um, when change comes, just ask God, what is my season and what do I need to do with my next steps? Hmm. Yeah. So good. So powerful. I love that you put it into these like almost like a almost steps to walk through or phases to kind of think. Through. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. That's so well said and so powerful. Um, I would be curious to you to follow that up when someone's struggling to find confidence, whether it's in their work or their relationships or other areas of life, especially when they're navigating change or the uncomfortable phases of change. Mm -hmm. How can we meet those times in our life and meet ourselves in those places? with compassion instead of criticism. Like when we're going through a big mm -hmm. life change and we're noticing that that's mm -hmm. its toll on us or we're not responding to it how we would like to, or, you know, it's not, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's affecting our work or the way we're responding mm -hmm. is affecting our relationships. How can we mm -hmm. navigate that well so that we're actually doing it with confidence and compassion rather than just putting mm -hmm. ourselves down and actually making the situation worse? Yes. I, I believe that criticism is often rooted in uh, a desire to do it all within ourselves. It, this, it's in, this desire to perform, this desire to uh, be perfect, to just get it right every single time. And um, when we do that, and when we take a, an approach of criticism within our walk with God, um, 
then that means that we're not truly believing that God can do the work for us. We believe, oh my goodness, it's all up to me. Like I have to do it all in my own strength rather than receiving God's strength for this time. Um, and, and we can't conjure up compassion within, an our, with, within ourselves. It's something that um, compassion has to be given by someone else. And so if we want to meet ourselves with compassion, um, then we receive the compassion that God has given us. And so and, and God, one of God's greatest gifts of compassion that he's given us is his own Holy Spirit. Why is that? Because he understood, like, we're, we just fail time and time again. Like, we, we just can't figure it out, right? We can't do it in and of ourselves. But when he gave us his Holy Spirit, he gave us the power to walk out this call for our lives to um do the things that we couldn't do without him. Um, and and it's only through his spirit that we're able to even be sanctified and grow into the people that we're called to be. And so if you think that it's all up to you and you have to do it all in your own strength, and that means you're not relying on God's strength. And so you say, you know what, God, I thank you for your gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I don't have to do this via willpower. I get to stand in God's power. I thank you that it's not up to me. I just need to get out of the way and surrender and let you move. Um, And I believe that God's strength is supplied where we're surrendered and his spirit is most powerful where we're surrendered. And so um, one of the most compassionate things you can do is say, you know what? I'm going to stop trying to strive on my own. I'm going to stop trying to be perfect in my own strength and I'm just going to rest. I'm going to receive the Holy spirit power and I'm going to let him work through me. and oftentimes, like I said earlier, it, it, it requires that surrender. So it's like, well, what am I giving up? Well, I'm going to give up my need to be perfect. I'm going to give up my need to uh, figure it all out myself. I'm going to give up my um, preconceived notions about what it's supposed to look like. And I'm going to give up my timelines. And when you surrender those, you realize, oh, my gosh, the pressure's gone. All the pressure's gone. I feel so much lighter. And then that's where flow comes and you get to see God's power move through you. Um, and so I, I believe that um, God has already given us such a great gift and he has already showered us with love. We're already loved. We're already chosen. We're already validated. Um, and when we stand in that place of receiving it, um, it allows us to um, move away from criticism and really just receive his compassion. That's so good. Wow. So, so good. I was going to ask you other questions, but I think we should just end there. I'm like, that is such a powerful, I mean, just everything you said is so true, but it's so hard to believe sometimes. And I just think you, you said it so well. And I really personally, I'm like, I just need to sit here and hear that over and over again. And I'm sure many people who are listening are in a very similar place. So I'm really thankful just for the way you articulated that and how powerfully you shared that. Um, I know everyone's so inspired right now and just like on the edge of their seats. So can you tell everyone where they can find you, where they can get your book and how they can really follow along so that they can grow in their own confidence? Yes. So uh, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Amanda A. Pittman, um, P-I-T-T-M-A-N. And um, I just love sharing encouragement and um, helping women to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. And there's also my uh, ministry, Confident Woman Co. at Confident Woman Co. on Instagram. And we have a Facebook group as well. And we'd love for you um, to just check out our community and um, see if it's a fit for you. Um, And then in terms of my book, 
Um, my book Change is you can find that on Amazon, and um, I also have uh, another book that's going to be released next year, which I'm really excited about. So, um, if you follow along the journey, stay tuned for that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for everything that you've shared. It's been so encouraging for me personally. And I know it's going to be so encouraging for everyone. We're so thankful for not only everything you shared here, but also your work. You are making such a difference. You're such a powerful voice and we appreciate you so much. I feel the same about you. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a joy. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking the screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.